Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with actress Talisa Garcia and it is a delightful chat. You will know Talisa from her role in Baptiste, amongst so many other things. And we, we talk about her career today. We talk about growing up all over the world. Um, we talk about what it was like to be a, 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 a teenager in in Wales and, and, and to transition um, and then we talk about the impact that that had on her um, and it's amongst a multitude of wonderful wonderful songs that that Talisa picks it's a really really amazing discussion this and you're going to love it um, it was one of my real fave chats this one um, before we get on with it uh, I'd also like to say before I mention the sponsor I should also mention that if this is your first time checking out this podcast then you're quite late to the party there's been 470 odd episodes have been out now and I've I've been really lucky I've spoke to some absolutely incredible um, acting talent and some amazing musicians and DJs and comedians and producers if you like your actors then you can hear me talking to Maxine Peake, uh, Joe Hartley, uh, Helen Bean, uh, Molly Windsor um, like we're talking like real British heavyweight talent, like absolute superstars. Like, um, gosh, I'm trying to think who else I've had on. Um, Thomas Turgoose, Michael Smiley. Uh, oh gosh, there's there's hundreds, there's hundreds, there's literally hundreds. Um, and also, um, if you like your comedians, uh, you can hear me talking to Jade Adams, Jordan Gray, um, Rich Wilson, James Acaster, Ed Gamble. And music-wise, oh, well, I've had pretty much all the good ones. I've had all the good ones, whether it be the Foo Fighters, whether it be Motley Crue, whether it be, oh, gosh, where do I begin? Vaccines, The Killers, Suede, Foles. The list is endless. Go and have a a good old rummage, and uh, you'll find loads of episodes. DJ Darren Emerson, Alex Metric... Oh, God. Fat Boy Slim. Oh, do you know what? Every time I try and remind you uh, and try and sort of tip new listeners off on, on what they've missed, I just throw a blank. And every time I upload a new episode, I like sort of flick through what we've done. And there's bloody hundreds. And I go, oh, I have to mention that one next time. So the best thing you can do, wherever you get your podcast, go over there and, and, and check it out. I have a Patreon. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about it. Don't wheeze this bit on because this is a bit where you can help. And it costs you $1 a month. 
And I'm very, very aware that um, we're in a, a, a really tricky time at the moment. Um, but if you want some entertainment um, to take your mind off of it, then for 20 pence a week, uh, you can become a patron of this podcast. And so what happens is each week um, I put up playlists um, and I put up all the video episodes. You can watch all of these these chats. So um, if you like to watch your podcast, you can go over there and do that. I do a live show um once a month that you can come to uh, it's online and it's for patreons only and, and we talk about music and and memories and just a, a real nostalgia trip like we do on the podcast and uh, and it's a lovely lovely little thing we've got a real nice little community of people over there and it's not a judgy thing it's not you've got to bring cool records to the table or anything like that it's just more about the, the significance of them songs to you and it's, it's a really lovely little chat so you can come and feature on an, on an episode uh, over on Patreon, I like to record little radio shows and uh, and put them up over there and and all sorts of bits and pieces. And so that's twenty pence a week, and you can find out about that at Patreon dot com forward slash Off the Beat and Track. Everything else you need to know about the podcast, social media, and merch and all of that stuff, I've got a, a one stop shop, which is just Off the Beat and Track Podcast dot com. Remember, it's not beaten; it's beat and. Well, I should say hello uh, to our sponsor. Our sponsor is Hotel Chocolat. Uh, they've been with us for a few years, which has been really, really amazing. It's getting near Christmas, people. So uh, what more would be nicer than some delicious Hotel Chocolat creamy booze? It's amazing. The chocolate one, the mint one, the salted caramel one, the espresso martini one. Um, by now, I hope it's not a spoiler. There could be a mince pie one out as well. Go get involved. Other than that, when you're in there, well, it's Christmas. It's chocolate time. Go get some amazing chocolate. And uh, But let me tell you that, that them creamy um, alcohol range is unreal. So, yeah, big thanks to Hotel Chocolat. You know where you can find them. They're on every high street. And uh, if not, head over to the website. Just search Hotel Chocolat. Official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track Podcast. Right. Uh, quick few thanks. Thanks to the people at the Blue Murder Club podcast uh, who produce this. Uh, big thanks to those. Go check that out if you like true crime podcasts. Um, I think by the time this one comes out, you can actually hear an episode featuring me. I talk about um, all my favourite murderers. Um, <laughs> I don't talk about... I've, I've not listed my favourites, but I talk about some uh, some some awful cases that... Um, I'm sure you would have you, you would have heard of, and I'll do a little deep dive into some of them, and maybe some that you haven't heard of. But they've had some amazing guests. Go check out their episode with Gal Porter, and ah, oh, they've gone into every one of the, 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 the you know the the real oh, I don't know what to you can't really say the great cases, the tasty cases, the the ones that everybody's a little bit kind of curious about. Fred and Rose, Jeffrey Dahmer, you know all the bloody psychopaths. Go check it out. Um, and they produce this podcast, so big thanks to the Blue Murder Club. Uh, also, big thanks to Scroobius Pip and everyone at the Distraction Pieces Network. Go check that out. Not sure there's going to be a drunk cast this year, um, which features myself, Scroobius Pip, and Chris Glasson of uh, me, other, me Brother Podcast, uh, ho- um, Hardcore Listing. You can go check that out. Um, yeah, so I think that's me done with the thanks. So all I can say is please enjoy this delightful episode with the wonderful Talisa Garcia. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. You've made Stu Whipping.
recording. Talisa, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good, Stuart. Thank you very much for having me on this podcast. Absolute how are you? Pleasure. I'm all right. I'm all right. Thank you. Um, before we get into um, your, your playlist today, I'm going to just ask you to, to, to cast your mind back uh, a, a, a sort of year or so. And I'm always intrigued to know how people dealt with the... The, the, the sort of 18 months of lockdown, how, how they found that both personally and creatively? Like, how did you find it? Um, I was really scared, I'll be honest with you. I was one of the ones that was washing everything three times and bleaching everything. I was terrified of it. And I think a lot of it is fear as well, isn't it? On the news and, you know, and everybody else we were all sort of encouraging each other to be fearful. And I think it just became this bubble. And I don't know, I was terrified. And then it took me a couple of weeks to get out of that. Um, but I, I still kept saying to my friends, and I would say things like, oh, I can't get that. If I get that, I, you know, and I was convincing myself that if I did get this, I would just be like, I wouldn't cope with it. Yeah. Because I'd smoked or because, you know, I'd got asthma and... Um, uh, so I was terrified of it. And then, of course, a few months went past and that sort of starts to, you start to calm down. Um, it, it was tough, I've got to say. I, I For me, I had a couple of years of, um, I don't know, I had to go inwards quite a lot and, and look inside myself. I, I was spent a couple of the quarantines completely on my own. So for like two and a half months, I was on my own at home I think I went out three times are you, are you comfortable in your what? own company Talisa? Yeah I don't mind it but then because we had to do be so it's it's very different choosing to do it um, um, rather than being told that this is what's best for you sure. so in the UK for example I did my first quarantine I we were allowed out so um, we were allowed to go to the park for a jog or a, a walk um, in Spain, you had to um, ask for um, permission. So it was quite different. So I've done two different quarantines, and they were both completely different. Um, in Spain, to go to the supermarket, you, you had to sort of go on their website and get a permission, print that out. And so if the police did stop you when you were out, you had permission to go out. It was very strict, um, very different to the UK, I think. Um, so I had both experiences. Um, yeah, I I got a little bit down. Uh, just, yeah, you know, I think I just, it had been six, seven months after Baptiste or something like that. And it was like, you know, you, you, after Baptiste, you, you, you're going to have a great couple of years. You, you're going to really sort of milk it. <laughs> and then, of course, we had, we were all locked down. So there was no, there was like, that was it. It was okay. So I found it difficult, um, learned a lot about myself. And then when I did get COVID, eventually two years after I got it, I got it this May, just gone. It changed me completely um, uh, in a good way. You know, it was, you know, you, you hear people talking about awakenings and, and I always think, oh gosh, you know, but I truly did. I mean, I felt really so on my own because you are. Um, with COVID, I couldn't breathe properly. So I did get it bad, as I expected to, because of, 
you know, hadn't, you know, had I've smoked since I was 15. So, and I, I've had asthma for a long time. Um, but it changed me. I think it just changed the direction that I was going with my friends, wh- what friends I had around me, who was my, you know, who were my friends, who were the important people in my life. What did I really want out of life? And um, and definitely stopped smoking and just stopped drinking. I stopped doing everything. I started to jog. I'm doing the half marathon in Barcelona now and next year. So my whole life has just, I've flipped it over. So in a way, it has been out of a negative. I've made it a complete positive. Wonderful. Well, let's start your playlist. So I'm going to ask you for track one, Talisa. Tell me the song that you think's got the greatest ever intro, please. You see, all these questions were really tough because um, there's always like two or three songs that you want. And I was really gutted because one of the songs that I love the most in history is not on my list. But you, you can anyway, have just some honorable didn't... mentions. You can throw some in. I will, I will definitely. That, I will definitely throw that one in anyway. But Incognito, I don't, do you remember? You must remember them, no? Of course, yeah. A lot of people, you know, they're in concert in Barcelona at the moment. Oh, really? Uh, so is, is that, know, where, is that like, where you are today? you in Barcelona? Barcelona, yeah. yeah. So I, they're in concert here. Yeah. I, I literally went to Barcelona for the first time about a month ago. And uh, what an incredible place. Did you? It's great, isn't it? Oh, absolutely fell in love with it. I thought it was just a, a, an incredible incredible i uh the, the thing that um not to derail the podcast too much but the uh i went on an art trip on a, on a on a bicycle and it was it was so much fun and they've got an original keith harrin piece like this huge piece of like graffiti that's completely untouched and it's like how is that untouched in the uk that would be defaced instantly but yeah. it was so beautiful to see it there in it's Oh, um, absolutely blew me away, Barcelona. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. I'm, I'm very jealous they, you, you get to be there. Yeah, no, they keep it so well here. It's full of tourists at the moment. It's been one of the busiest years they've had with tourism. And um, I think because, obviously, so many people are wanting to go on holidays now. And Barcelona is always one of those places, especially for English people. It's very accessible to a lot of people. And it's just... It's rammed here. And it, of course, the weather that we have, it's like 22 degrees. So, of course, and it's it doesn't really go below. I mean, in the wintertime, sort of, you know, some days are really cold. It's like 10 degrees, you know, and it's, it's, so it's not, you know, if you're coming from London, it's like you start taking your clothes off as soon as you arrive here. Yeah. Um, but I'm really lucky to be here. But getting back to um, this list. So don't you worry about a thing incognito. Um as an intro, and it was one of those songs that when I would get ready, I would put on, you know, to get yourself, I don't know if <laughs> this is going to sound really bad, but, you know, like before you go out, you get into that mood and you're like fucking diva, aren't you? And you're like, okay, I'm ready to go out. Um, you know, and you just, you're looking in the mirror, you think you're absolutely gorgeous. I mean, I was like early 20s, late teens, whatever. And um, you just think, yeah, I'm the bomb. <laughs> this is it. It's going to all happen tonight. But you got the music. You have to have, you've got to put your records on. So yeah. this would have been one of them for me, which was like the big one, you know, da, 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 da. and then it would be um, Dry as a Bone, which I love Dry as a Bone, real love. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I was obsessed. 
with that's that an song. Incredible record. Real love, but you know, because we were talking about intro, I was thinking, oh my god, how do I put real love into that? But that as an intro, but real love as well. I listened to them, and they would just get me in the mood, and then I would go down Jacqueline's or down Ombre's. Um, Hippodrum, and then we go to Pyramid Night in Heaven. I don't know if you remember that. Of course. So, you know, and clubbing, I was quite a little clubber, really. I did, um, I sort of, I enjoyed it so much. I, I yeah. So we'll, that's we'll, we'll get on to clubbing. My... We'll definitely talk clubbing uh, a, a little later on this podcast. But I want to take you back and, 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 and we, we start with intros. And so I want to go right back. And, and growing up, was, was home a musical place? No, no, my mum was a teacher, um, single parent, my dad, my dad was around, but we were brought up by mum, and um, my brother was into IT really all his life. I was into music, and I was into the arts, and I think I fell in love with acting through musical theatre. That's, uh, that's what I really wanted to be in musicals, but I can't sing. I have a, a huge problem that I, I have. I can't, I cannot sing at all. Um, I'm so embarrassed about it. Even if I sing Happy Birthday, I have a friend, I'll mime it because it's, I'm <laughs> so out of tune. No, I promise I'm so, so out of tune. Do you know and what, Talisa? It, it's one of those things I say that it, when people say, oh, if you could have anything, like what would you, what would you do if you could you, uh, sing? I would give anything to be able to sing. Uh, what a beautiful gift. If you can sing, oh, special, right? It's it's amazing, you know, when you watch someone like Christina Aguilera, and like some because I do, I am, you know, I do compare, I do like the voice, um, and you watch her sing, like she just get up and she starts singing, and you think, oh my god, how do you do that? And it's like, you, it's a gift, isn't it? It is a gift. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, so I wish I could sing, but I I know I can't. At least I accept it. And um, I've got a really funny story with my drama school when I did um in our ad. I should tell them my music teacher because we had to do music and singing and I was like, oh, I want to be a serious actress. I mean, I want to do Shakespeare. What's this about? And they were like, you know, every actor needs to carry a song and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and I, I did say to Stephen, our teacher, I said, look, I can't sing. I honestly can't sing. Anyway, once we graduated and everything, he did come up to me. He said, darling, do you remember when you first started, you said um, you couldn't sing? You're right, you couldn't sing, <laughs> you can't sing. <laughs> and I was like, no, I know. So I am, yeah, I mean, I wanted to be, a th- I'd love to be able to sing on musicals and yeah, that would be my thing. Yeah, okay. I could, I, my power. Well, I'll take you back uh, for track two as well to ask you, please, the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. Um. I, I put Michael Bolton's in it, yeah. Um, how am I supposed to live without you? What it was with this, I mean, it's the first time I remember crying. Like, I remember like crying over a song. You know when you just, it makes you really emotional. It's just like, um, and it was to do with my mum because she was crying and it was, she wasn't crying to the, to the song, but... Um, I remember going up to my mum and sort of being quite naughty, really, and she was crying, and I was like, oh, God, I'm sh- yeah. and I was like, um, and then her, my granddad had died, so she had kept it quite sort of, she didn't want to tell us, but, you know, I was being really naughty, and I just, 
I don't know, I said things and, and of course, then I found out why she was crying. So I remember this was a big song at the time and I just remember sort of listening to it. And it was one of those songs, you know, if you put it on repeat, you, I, would, I would cry, I would get my emotions out with. So I used to use it as a, as a tool. So I'm quite a cry. If I want to cry, I would listen to music. You know, if I need to get things off my chest, I, I would definitely sort of do a little bit of Winnie Houston and, um, and, you know, a little bit of 10 minutes crying and get it out of my system. And I feel better for it. I think everybody should have a 10 minute cry a week. Absolutely. So, I mean, I cry at adverts. <laughs> I have this uh, awful thing that if I, I'm, I'm not a, 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 a big crier. I have no issue with crying, but um, if I've, if I've had a drink the night before, I'm a little bit hungover. Oh, uh-huh. it's ridiculous. The slightest little thing. Like it, it like one little one little note or one little vocal in in a song and I'm I'm in floods and like and the thing that really, really does it is when I hear like a crowd singing, whether it's at a sporting event or whether it's at a concert, if I hear a like a crowd like just something that sounds like everybody's come together to sing this one thing at the same time destroys me to Lisa like literally just yeah. floods of tears it's uh but yeah the, the day after a, a a night of booze oh it's ridiculous absolutely ridiculous the emotions you get really emotional oh it's pathetic it really is it really is it's <laughs> but so it must get it must get and the thing is with age hangovers get terrible anyway don't they oh, so it's it, I, just, I mean, I can't anymore. I just won't because it's just no point. It's like it's three, four days of my life afterwards. And it's just what poor. Yeah. What I just think, what is the point? You know, before it was when I was tw- in my 20s, I could drink and get up and have two hours sleep and it was fine. Um, now it's like, oh, no, don't call me for a week. <laughs> so, no. Um, but yeah, I'm with you on that as well. I, when you have had a drink, you do get a little bit emotional. Oh. Like everything, you can, um, it makes you emotional anyway, doesn't it, alcohol? 100%. Yeah. The, 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 the Michael Bolton track you chose, mm. if you had to pinpoint the emotion that you got hearing that, what was it? I think the, with my mum, I think my relationship with my mum it's always been a, a really um, strong relationship. She's like everything to me. And she's, um, and I, even as a kid, I remember I used to say to my mum, we used to talk about death because I didn't know too much about it. You know, when you're a kid, you think your parents know everything. And I'd be like, you, you, you'll never die, will you? And she was like, no, never. You know, so she, we would always have this conversation and I would get her to kiss something like a piece of material. And I would keep it under my bed, like on my under my pillow. And I would always keep these things or, you know, hairbrush that she'd use. I was really like, um, maybe to do with my past, you know, I was adopted. So I don't know whether it was to do with that, but I was very, um, I didn't want people to leave me, you know, to, to, you know, I didn't know. And I used to say to my mom, I don't know if I'll ever be able to live if you, if you, if anything happens to you. Now I'm older, my mum's still with us. She has Alzheimer's and I see her every day. Um, and even now, I, you know, she, I mean, she's going to be 91 in January. I still think, oh, my God, it'd be the end of the world if something happens. So, so I think that song for me, when I listen to it, I, it's funny because when I was doing this list, I listened to that song again and it, it just gives me goosebumps. It makes me want to just, 
Oh, I don't know. Just if I wanted to get into character and, and you know, feel an emotion, uh, feel tearful, I would definitely put that on a on a loop. So, um, but yeah, it, it just it, I don't know. It's just like the, the words are so significant, and um, I like his version. Yeah, I like I like everybody, but I like his version, which there's a few versions of that. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, just makes me quite emotional. I can, I don't know. Yeah. Where where was growing up, Talisa? Yeah, that uh, we moved. I was born in Chile, but we moved to London and then Wales. And so I grew up in Wales. So that would have been my hometown. That's where I was brought up. That's where I had most of my childhood. Um, and I still call home in a way. It sounds bizarre, doesn't it? Because I haven't been, I mean, I've been to Cardiff not long ago. Um, but I went out with my friends from school. Um, I don't know, last year we went out. And it was just like we were still, I mean, this is like, you know, 40 years later, 35, 38 years later. And it was like we were still in school. It was just like, and of course, you know, my life has completely changed. Um and they was just, I don't know, it was just like, I had a great childhood and I, Swansea was great for me. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, um, I, I never had, um, you know, I think bullying and things like that, that happens anyway, doesn't it? But it's, I don't know whether we had thicker skin back in the day or whether um, things have changed dramatically now. But, you know, if anybody called me a name, it was just like, I just used to do that. It didn't bother me. It was yeah. just like, whatever, you know. Um, so I had a great childhood. Um, and I would say that that's home. But I also London is home and Barcelona is home. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really difficult one, that question, because um, I do travel quite a bit. Um, at this minute in time, my home is Barcelona. But um, I think... You know, I dream in English, I think in English, I read in English. Um, so everything for me is London. It's just the weather there. And the fact, and I don't know, after Brexit, I think I didn't like it as much. <laughs> yeah. Do you, uh, no. do you dream in English? Yeah, I do. I, I, everything I, yeah, everything's in English. I don't really, my Spanish is, it's, I'm bilingual, but I'm losing my Spanish. I can feel it that I'm losing it. Yeah. Um, when I speak to people in Spanish, sometimes I'm like, you know, I have to really think about a word and it'd be the most, the easiest word, but my vocabulary in Spanish is not like the English vocabulary. So I can say a million things uh, in different ways in English. In Spanish, I sort of, I'm very basic with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just practice. I need to practice. I don't, um, so I don't read in Spanish. So if I'm going to read a book, and my brother is always saying to me, well, read it in Spanish, because that way you don't lose your practice. And I'm like, yeah, but it's going to take me three times as long to read that same book. I can read it much faster in English. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm just, yeah. But I can still speak it, and I think that's useful for me. So Absolutely. Well, let's stay in the formative years. And for track three, I'm going to ask you to tell me the song that reminds you of your time at school, please. 
Right, there again, it's like you, there's so many because there was Duran Duran. There was so many people at the time, Adam Ant as well. I mean, I was thinking about this. I was walking on the beach today and I was thinking, gosh, there was Adam Ant, there was Duran Duran, there was all these. That I, oh, there were so many. But Simple Minds, um, Don't You Forget About Me, was for me one of the biggest ones, not just because of the school days, but also because of... Um, uh, the John Hughes film, the breakfast era Club. of those yeah. films, the Breakfast Club. So you you had the Breakfast Club, the you know all these John Hughes films, um, Pink, um, Pretty in Pink, and they candles. were like my, yeah. oh my god, they were my, they were well, I think they were I. So it was like the, the John Hughes film era, like with Demi Moore, um, you know all these people that became known through him. Um, it was just my time. That was my like. I don't know. That was my thing, and um, and that song just just classic, and that film was classic. Well, it was just a classic, and it just reminded me of school, and it was all my school days. All my friends knew it, and yeah, it was just a big part of my growing up. So it's wonderful. I think, I think that that film should be shown at, at schools in sociology classes and things like that because I think it it breaks down like the differences in people and I think it's such a well put together film Breakfast Club and I think it still stands up to this day and yeah I think it's just the message like I think he's really solid in that film John Hughes is a genius but for me Breakfast Club is, is, is something pretty special and I, and, I, and I think the message in it is- Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. He's so strong. Um, did you enjoy school? Yeah, I wasn't very academic, <laughs> um, but I loved school because it was just one big part. It was like just a good time for me. I just went there. I was great at pottery and art. Um, I just science and maths. I loved biology. But I knew that if I studied biology, you would also have to study maths and, you know, there would be a lot of other things that I didn't really want to do. It was just, I'd never got any of it. Um, um, 
so yeah so I just I enjoyed school for the fun I was always being told off I was always in detention so that's my breakfast club for me is very um I was always always you know they used to separate you in in year which is a really bad thing to do to kids but um when I was growing up in school we especially when we went into secondary school we would have 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D, you know, it was like the classes were much bigger. And it was like in the first year, there was like four classes. So you'd have 1A, 1B, 1C, and it was just, oh no, it was 1, 1, 1, 2, 1, 3, 1, 4. And, um, and I remember I was always in the bottom two classes um, and they didn't teach you that much in those classes because they, all, they had already given up on you. And that's what I realized when I think about when I was younger in school, the teachers had already given up with a lot of us, but yet we were only 12, 13 years old. They shouldn't have given up. They yeah. should have, but they just didn't want to try. They were really trying with the one ones because they knew they were all going to go to university. But, you know, I think something that I've learned is that, you know, your grades and, you know, being good at history or geography or is not, it's not, it's not what's going to make you. It's not, it's not really, the most people that are hugely successful haven't finished school. So um, you eventually learn that. But um, I just I just loved messing about. Um, I was always the joker of the class. You confident? I think, because, I think because I was different, I think being the joker, being able to make people laugh always um, covers a lot. You know, it covers a lot of what you're feeling or what you're going through. People can't really see through it. So it was always, you know, I was the funny one. You know, I locked a T-shirt in the cupboard. So my, there was, a, you know, the cupboards where they have all the books and that he opened it and went in there. And I would go and shut the door because he'd left the keys on the outside and locked the door and kept the keys and sat there. And then he was banging on there and everybody was laughing. Everybody was pissing themselves laughing. And then, of course, I opened it down to detention, Mrs. Davis. And I was like, you know, and we used to get the slipper or the, well, I didn't get the ruler. We would get the slipper. So um, the girls would get the ruler. The boys would get a slipper on the backside. So um, I would just run away from school because I didn't, I wasn't going to have it. My parents never hit me. So I wasn't going to have a stranger hit me. So I would run home to school to my mum and say they want to hit me so she would go down to the school and say you're not going to touch my child you know so it was all this so I never really I think I got hit by a teacher once and it was quite shocking to me I found it quite because I've never I received that from my parents or my mum or anybody so for me it was a complete stranger to hit me you know and they had a special slipper <laughs> I remember that that was in primary school um but I was so naughty to it. I was just like the naughtiest, get like a nightmare kid I would have been. I was very impatient and I couldn't keep still. Um, and I was just like, I don't know. I would, but I loved it though. I, I loved doing, being the way I was. I had loads of friends and we would live in the park. Like after school, we'd all meet in the park and we'd play rounders. And there would be like 25 of us in the park playing rounders. And that's all we would do. And then we'd get back home and I'd be full of mud everywhere. You know, and it was like, but that to me now, when I look at my nephews and I look at my um, other friends' kids, 
where they don't go out, they don't socialize, they don't meet face to face with people because they, they do what we're doing now, but they're always on their phones like this constantly with one finger. And I think I'm so glad that I didn't have that as a kid. Yeah. That I did have the mud and the running around and you know, Bobby knocking on people's doors, <laughs> Penny for the guy with my mate Sharon. You know, we would do all these things, carol singing, and I told you I couldn't sing, and I really can't. But we would go carol singing. Yeah, of course Both you of us back then. You, you'd get a chance to nick a couple of quid carol singing, wouldn't you? It was like... <laughs> yes, you, you would. But now that, I mean, I don't know if people still do these things, do they? I don't... Well, well, my, my daughters are, are, are 18 and 16, and the, the, and I've never once seen them sort of uh, asking for a pair of my old trousers and a jumper, a field full of stuff to do penny for the guy. You know, that's a thing at a past. It must be a thing of the past. And, and what I find as well, when I, you know, if I go out wherever I'm going in my car and I drive past any of the parks where I, you know, where I live, yeah. there's no one in them. Like there's, there's people walking yeah. their dogs, but there's not gangs of kids playing football or like gangs of kids playing randers and things like that, which there was in my generation uh, yeah. and I'm and I'm quite you know I know it's a very nostalgic way to look back of like you know I was never in you know I'd come in have a glass of squash and then be straight back out again but it you know looking back it does feel like it was like that then and, and there's something lovely about that but it was that. great yeah absolutely and and I think you know there's some amazing things that can be done via technology we're having this conversation you know in two separate countries now which is amazing but yeah. I'm quite glad that I didn't have this when I was I was a child because my kids spend so much of their time just with their faces in their phones and and I'm guilty of it. I spend so much time on my face in my phone now and it's I do think we we lose out on a lot more interaction and uh, and engagement and uh, and I think valuable people skills. Yeah, completely. I I totally agree with you. And I what I do with social media, I tend to remove it from my phone but I'll have it on my laptop or my iPad. So only when I'm at home, I might check it, but never when I'm out. So when I'm out, I'll either be listening to podcasts or audiobooks, yeah. um, which I, I listen to quite a lot. And But I love sort of sitting in the underground, whatever country you're in, if you sit in the metro and just, just well, if I go to the airport, whatever, just look around and you'll see 90-something percent of the people in that carriage will all be dealt with their heads down like that on the mobile phone. And I always make sure mine's in my handbag or my bag and it's just not out. And I'm really trying not to sort of um, fall into that trap, the whole TikTok, the whole, it's, you know, this it's a whole generation that are getting lost yeah. into that. I know what it's good to have and I've got my account and, I, you know, I've got Instagram and I've got, I've got all these things, but you also don't want, it's a whole generation everybody's comparing themselves to everybody else and everybody else's lives um you, and it's not real you know people are only putting their best bits so it's like a, an edited film except you just put in the best bits of yeah. you and you might even you know i don't know it's 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 just not it's it's not reality and i know and but it's very easy to get caught up in it and i'm so glad that i'm not young that I'm not 18 and going through that now because, you know, it's it's going to be all, if you've got to be a very confident person and very secure within yourself to be able to to be doing this. Yeah. Um, you know, what about the kids that don't have a lot of followers and 
you know, but they're following the Kardashians or, you know, it's, it's just this thing. I don't know. I think it reminds people. Um, it reminds, you know, it's, it's showing people, it's mirroring people's sort of, oh, my life is not that exciting as their life, you know. And so I've seen friends of mine looking at everything to do with, you know, how the, you know, housewives live in, you know, here and there at L.A. And, and they sort of go away in a fantasy of their own. But it's not reality. No. It's not. And I just, I don't know. For me, it's like going back to what we were saying. I'm just so happy that I had the childhood that I did have. Um, I'm going back to Swansea again. I always go back to Swansea when it is the good times. Um, so I had to do the Cubs. So my, my, my brother was in the Scouts and I had to be in the Cubs. So which I never went. And my mum found out months later she'd been paying and I'd never turn up. So I used to go to my friend's house, Sharon, and I would put her sister's brownie outfit on. Now, you've got to remember that time we were like nine, ten years old. It was just like the things we did were so ridiculous. And, I mean, it, it, like my friends, they didn't know that I was going to end up being who I am today. But I was dressing in her clothes, her sister's clothes. We were like, we would talk about it now. And I was like nine, eight, nine years old, putting her clothes on. You know, and I loved it. And it was just like, yeah, I'm a brownie. Um, and then, of course, my mum realised, they told my mum that I'd never turned up to Cubs for months or whatever. So she was paying and I wasn't even turning up. But it wasn't it, it wasn't because I was going to Brownies. It was because we were playing rounders in the yeah. park. And um, I just loved it. I just, I don't know, we just, I had the best childhood. And there were bad times, like everywhere, you know, everything that happens in life. My parents got split up and, you know, and, but I don't know. I just, for me... Yeah, I had a good childhood and um, it didn't, I think it was only when I was about 13, 14 where everything else started affecting me. All of a sudden things were different. When you get into puberty, it, things change. And then that's where my my own sort of gender identity, I, it really came into a crisis because, you know, you're no longer a kid anymore. You, you're sort of growing up, everybody's growing up, having boyfriends and girlfriends and moving on. And yeah, that's when I found my difficult times in life. And and I think them that you know the puberty, you know, at, at, at that age is 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 difficult for everybody, uh, and it's a you know it's a, such an important and and strange time. But to then have to kind of process what was going on in your in your mind and and, and with, with your identity. We live in a world now where you know it feels to me that it's quite progressive and people are very understanding and 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 it's far more um what's the word choosing i'm trying to choose my words correctly uh, 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 here to yeah um we have to be so careful nowadays yeah and and, and you know it feels like it, it people are more accepting and of change and, and of gender identity I just want to know how it was. Was that still in Cardiff when you was, you know, 13, 14? In Swansea. Swansea, um, sorry, Swansea, no, yeah. Swansea, no, I, I left Swansea when I was 13 because I was having a lot of problems. And also, I wanted to go to stage school. So and my mum wanted to move as well. And um, so we moved to London when I was 13, 14. And I ended up going to stage school there. 
But um, I, that's when I really had a, a bad time for me. And it wasn't because I was going to a drama school then, um, still be young. And it wasn't anything to do with pupils or school or acceptance because everybody accepted. Like, I've never, ha- I never went through that as a problem. I never saw it as a problem. Um, um, it was just me. It was just like, I didn't know, um, I didn't have a name for it. You know, so I all I knew is just I didn't want to be a boy. I wanted to be a girl. Um, and it was like my dad and my mum, when I was three or four, they they looked at me and they said, oh, we're going to have a gay son. You know, they, my dad was my dad was staying with me in May here. And um, he told me this. He said, you know, you were like three, four years old. And I said to your mum, we're going to have a gay son. And um, and they were very accepting of me. It was very easy for me. And but it, it was like I kept saying to them, it's not about it would have been much easier if I had just stayed a boy and become gay but it wasn't about that it was about being so it wasn't I mean I fancied men but it just it wasn't about who I went with it was about just being who I am and being true to myself um but I didn't know there was a name for it I didn't know anything so um and then of course eventually seeing doctors after doctors and psychiatrists they said you know your son's transsexual that's what they tell my parents and I was like as soon as I had a name for it it just got better I got better and uh, I was like okay and then uh, Caroline Cossey the James Bond girl I read her book and it was like well if she can do it I can do it you know and it just I don't know it was just the whole thing opened up for me and I was like okay so I knew it was going to be a different life and I knew um, you know, the world is not very forgiving and not so accepting of things. But I don't know. I I didn't really have a problem. I mean, yeah, I mean, when I was 17, 18, going to Pyramid with friends and, I don't know, in a dress, you know, people might shout out something in the street. But I don't know. You just become so, like, tough with it. I didn't care. It just didn't bother me. So, like, what other people think of me, that's why with today, what's happening today, I think it I find it really strange because it shouldn't bother you that much. And when you said, you know, people are much more accepting now, much more open, are they? Or is it because we have to be careful with what everybody says? Because you do have to be so careful nowadays with what people say. Um it's really strange i i had i had a guest on the podcast a very 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 good friend of mine uh is 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 a comedian called jordan gray uh and 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 jordan uh is trans and jordan has just stormed the fringe this year and jordan um uh kind of done some groundbreaking television on, on on channel four about two weeks ago i don't know if you heard anything about this it was a Quite a, well, he took her clothes off. That's right. Yeah. Do you call her him or her? Her. That's Jordan. Yeah. Jordan. Yeah. Like, so she took her clothes off. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. And no. Yeah. I saw something about that. So so Jordan's like a, a really good friend of mine. I've known Jordan like years and years and years and and uh, and, it, and it's really strange because I knew Jordan uh, as 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 a guy and then uh, I. Sort of new Jordan transition, and 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 now Jordan is Jordan, and and he's happy, um, which is the most important thing in my opinion. You know, got a, a contented and, and and happy life now, and and when Jordan first come round, I was so nervous to Lisa, and I've known 
yeah. for years just to go. I didn't want to slip up and say some like to to, to, to say something wrong, yeah. and and I think that's a lot of because I, I I view myself as a very liberal and understanding and progressive person, and I'm, yeah. my my concern is not what anybody chooses to be. People who need to strive for their own happiness, whatever. Mm. But I, I the, the thought of Sipping up on it, on 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 a, on a yeah, on, and and saying a he or a she or something like that, and I'd be like mortified, yeah. and and I'd be constantly saying to the Jordan, like, I don't. What would I say when I say? And in the end, she was like, "Look, I'm I'm not the authority. I'm not like the governing body for trans. It's like, yeah, you, you just talk to me how you normally talk to me, and if something comes up that I think, oh, that's not right, I might say something. Otherwise, just be who you are, and and yeah, and I think." Yeah. I, I do personally think, certainly in the circles of people, I, I grew up in a very rough, rough area, and as did Jordan in, in in the same town, and and it's not a very progressive town, but the circles of people that I choose to be around, like mm. creative people, that are, yeah. you know that are, that are kind people, I definitely think are way more. And, and 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 my children as well. My, my, like the, trans isn't a thing for them. It's like it's just no. like oh oh you know oh yeah blah blah. Identifies as this now. And like if yeah. I go back to when I was at school, and somebody said oh uh, by the way I'm now going to identify as a girl, it would have been what? Yeah. And it would have been like I can imagine it must have been quite different for you then. But I do think, and I do the think... The only trans in the village. Yeah, well, yeah. And and I think now when I look at my children and how they talk about their friends, it's it's like, it's not a thing. They're not judged on it. It's like, and, and I think that that's... And that's not just that, that's just with race and so many things that would have been problematic when I was a young man because we wasn't, yeah. you know, it wasn't a very progressive place where I grew up. But now... I find it really encouraging, mm. really encouraging that my, my children yeah. don't see these things, you know, as... as, as see, I completely agree. I completely agree. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. With you, um, when you're talking about kids these days being so progressive, I do agree with that. 100%. I see my nephews all the time and, and, you know, they're the same. But the people our age, you know, I think if they 
feel. For example, I've had friends that are really good friends. And, you know, she said to me once, you know, I, I love you and I will accept whatever you do, whatever you wear. But I can never see you as a woman because, you know, I just and the thing is, I think sometimes you have to, you know what? I mean, you can't change everybody's mind. And I don't think we should force people to you've got to see me the way I want to be seen, you know, um, because that's wrong as well. And I think everybody's going to have opinions. I think as long as people are respectful to each other, and that's all I've ever said is as long as people respect me, I mean, misgendering me or, you know, it, yeah, I mean, if they're doing it, there's ways of doing it. If somebody's not looking at you and you're speaking and you've got a deep voice, whatever, and somebody says he, and then they turn around and say, oh, gosh, so sorry. It's fine. I mean, if they're saying he just to annoy you, just to sort of torture you, then it's wrong. Yeah. But I think, um, I think people our generation, I think, there's going to be a lot of people you're not going to change their minds they might say to your face oh yes you know everybody you know peace to everybody you know um but you know they get home and say all that you know and you know they will because you can't change people's minds i think the young kids i mean when they have kids it's going to be incredible yeah because i mean you know they're going to be so open-minded it's just going to be a different world and i think they are in the on the right path but I don't think that this progressive uh, era is necessarily changing people from our era. I think people that were accepting, like yourself, and I have loads of friends as well that were, they still are. But there were a lot of people that weren't, and you're not going to change their minds. Yeah. There's nothing you're going to say to them that's just going to like mirror, you know, like a miracle, and sort of make them really open about this subject. It's a, it's a big one, and I, I, I always try and um, put myself in other people's shoes. And, you know, if I had a friend, my best friend said, came up to me, who was a boy, and I wanted to be a girl. And, I, you know, there is a, a funny thing about not funny, but it's like, it's quite a huge thing. It's like, you know, it's not an everyday, I mean, now it's an everyday thing, but back in the day, it wasn't. Um, and... But I didn't have problems with it. I didn't have, like, like I said to you, the typical sort of puffed here, puffed there. But I just didn't really care. I just, I just, I just, I'm not bothered about what people think of me. Like, as long as you know, my friends, my family, they're the important people. Um, but in Baptiste, for example, I remember um, when I did that, um, I was told. Whatever you do, don't go online and look at Mum's Net. <laughs> so, of course, what do I do? <laughs> go straight into Mum's Net just to see. And it was awful. I mean, the things that they said were just, I can't even get over it. But it didn't hurt me. It didn't bother me because they were nameless people. They were just like, I don't even know who they are. Why am I going to get upset about what one person thinks of me in the middle of I don't know where? You just don't know, so it's. I I just don't see the point. And that you, show, that show my... and your performance was incredible. Oh, thank you very, very much. Yeah, I I loved doing Baptiste. It was just beautifully written, and I don't know. I'm working with um Tristan Gravel. Um, so he was my partner in it, my boyfriend, and um, he was just he's Welsh, 
and um we just had such a hoot um so yeah so going but yeah I didn't really care that much I've never I've had very sort of thick skin and I think you have to in this industry you have to and also being trans it's it's good to have thick skin yeah so that you know and being trans and being in the industry funnily enough I met Jordan at um an audition years ago we were at the same audition for something. This was after she'd done The Voice. Was it The, it was the Voice, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, it was after she'd done The Voice. And I remember when she was in The Voice. And I was like, oh, my God, it's the first time, you know, without the first chance. I was like, wow. It was such a big thing. You know, and she was so good as well. So it, it wasn't like, you know, sometimes these type of shows, they put somebody that's different, but they're not that good, like Jedward. You know, they weren't that good, but they were different. But you were like, oh, come on, this is like ridiculous. There are better singers. The thing is with Jordan, she was great. Incredible. And there was a possibility she could win it. You know, there was a big chance. And if she'd won it, she would have won it, not just because she was trans, but because she was fucking good. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so no, I was. I remember watching that. And, um, and then I met her in an audition, like, I don't know, a few years later um, for an absolute vodka audition, I remember now. It was an absolute vodka audition, which I got, and it filmed in Ukraine. And, um, yeah, but we met there. That was the first time we met. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, where are we at? First song that you bought from a record shop. Right. Um, this is the one I remember as a single. Um, Irene Cara, What a Feeling. Oh. What a song. I mean, it was and it was that sort of whole because I think my first album, I'm sure Abba was the first thing I ever bought. You see, I got really confused with this Chicky Teacher. I don't know why I've got this thing that I'm sure I bought, but I don't know if it was the album. But anyway, Irene Clara, um, Flash Dance, and and I was obsessed with fame. Do you remember Fame the series? Not the movie, oh, the, the, the series. series I was obsessed with. Yeah, but I was, and it was like um, Bruno and, you know, the, the whole gang, and it was just, it was the best thing on TV, and it was just like, oh, my God. I used to record it. I, it was VHS tapes, though. <laughs> so I would record it, and then my brother was, we were very different. My brother was into Clint Eastwood, Spaghetti Westerns. So he would record over my tapes, all my musicals, <laughs> with his... Uh, bad the good the bad and the ugly and things like that and i'd be like there'd be murders in the house um but it was fame 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 and uh flash dance of course i was obsessed with as well anything that was musical and dance and you know becoming a superstar and it was like wow and um so yeah so that's the first and i did have money that was the funniest thing because i re i remember actually having money in the bank because we used to do penny for the guy and i remember i had like 90 pounds which at that time i mean for like a 10 12 year old it was really good i had like 90 pounds or something like that saved in my abbey national kids account um so i could buy my own things but that was all through carol singing and uh penny for the guy what a hustler <laughs> love it i know i was born a hustler <laughs> <laughs> but yeah definitely um what a feeling i mean that's, that's such a good song oh. and it's it's just wow amazing and irene car obviously sung fame as well didn't she 
Um, Same, yeah. Uh, which is in- incredible. My, my uh, if I ever had to do my emotional record, uh, it was my school leavers disco, and I don't know if you remember many of the other songs from the kids from Fame, but my leavers disco, I had a sl- I had my first ever slow dance uh, with with this girl that I was completely in love with when I was about ten years old. And it, it was the last song of the Leaders <laughs> Disco. And it was, do you remember Star Maker, the slow song from the kids from Fame? Oh, it was a yeah, beautiful song. Yeah, I do. Having a little slow yeah. dance, thinking I'm, she was going to a different school, and that was it. My heart was broken. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that kid, the, 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 the show Fame. And it was really weird because it was an Alan Parker film, wasn't it? The, the, the actual film mm. itself. And, and I remember that being way darker than the TV show. The, like, it was like, do you know what I mean? But what? Yeah, no, but what came out, the, the series came out first. I thought the film came out first, and then, I might be wrong, I might be wrong. Because I know that the film they did, they did like, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, Fame, that was quite a really dark film. Yeah. And um, that wasn't the original. Um, wasn't, I don't know, you see, I'm really confused with that, because I was, was sure was the series films. came first. There's two films. Oh, was there two films? So, yeah. right. And then, that, so it would have been, no, I can't, you see, I can't even remember the film. I remember the series. Yeah. Um, because I, Debbie Allen played the teacher, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think in the actual, the original film, I think Leroy's in it. Um, but then there wasn't many from the original film, if I remember correctly, that were in the first, yeah. the first, like, uh, TV show. But, Oh, the opening credits for, for Fame was the most exciting thing ever. People dancing on tables and on tops of cars. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, the leg warmers, the leg warmers. I love the leg warmers. In school, everybody had to have leg warmers. It was the best. <laughs> and you go rollerblading and you'd have leg warmers. It was awesome. Oh, my God, we had it all. <laughs> love it. Right. Well, we've mentioned, uh, you mentioned Heaven earlier. Um I'm going to ask yeah. you now to tell me the song that soundtracked uh, your years clubbing. Um, yeah, it's def- it, it depends what sort of night it was, but I would say the Dreambox, definitely. Um, uh, Black Box, sorry, Dreamland, um, Right on Time. Oh, was that, do, you, do you remember that? You must remember. You, we, we know the same sort of. I mean, I don't know if you're, they're your favourites as well, but I mean, definitely Right on Time was, it was that there was another one and I couldn't remember the name and I've tried to look for it today and I can't remember. There was it was a fat jam slam or something. I can't remember it now. But um but that one was again, that was you know the one that you listen to and you just run you can't you yeah. push everyone out of the way to get on that dance floor. Was the it other, was that the, one. The other one, are you are you thinking about just be good to me? Uh, no, just be good to me. No, I remember that one. No, there was another one. Um <sighs> Do you know what? It would come to me and I've tried to think about this one all day long because I remember going into heaven and it would be, it would, I can't remember it. I just can't. Um, um, but it was a big guy. It was a big guy that used to sing it, black guy, and he used to sing it. Oh, Love, love, quite... don't, love don't Turn Around by Daryl Pandy. Farley Jack Master go? Funk. Love Don't Turn Around. That, that's the one. That's, that's the one. Oh my god, that is the one. And those songs, as soon as they came on, you just go straight to the dance yeah. floor and you know show your moves. <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, but yeah, black box. Um, black, I'm not black box. I keep saying that. Black. Um, right on time for me was just 
I don't know, even when I hear it now. And I remember the whole scandal at the time. Do you remember it or not? About the whole scandal with that song. Well, because they it's meant to be Lolita Holloway that, that sang it, wasn't it? Uh, it was it was what's her it wasn't meant to the girl was it the girl that was on the cover the black girl that's on the video apparently it wasn't her singing but it was meant to uh, have been Lolita Holloway that done the vocal but it wasn't it was um, oh I've forgotten her name the the lead singer from M People Uh, oh my god yes I love them people and if you hear it it's really weird because they had to re-record it because of all sorts of copyright issues and it's always oh, a bloody name. Uh, oh, I can't think what I know. It's completely escaped me. Um, but it is. It was a singer from M People. And when I'd never knew that, and the minute I only found that out a few years ago, then when you hear it now, you think, "Oh God, of course it's her." It, it sounds exactly like her. Yeah. But that record, I mean, you could not move for that single. It was everywhere, wasn't it? It was a global number one. It was such a big. Record. The thing is, they were. Ev- Every nightclub, wherever you went, they would always have that moment where they played that song, wasn't it? And then, you know, the dance floor would just be heaving. Yeah. And it was, I don't know if you remember, but Vogue, even though it came out in the 80s, it was still going on. And everybody, like in heaven, especially, you just get everybody coming on the dance floor and just doing their moves. And it was just, it was just awesome for me. It was, I remember having the best times of my life, like. Honestly, I mean, in heaven, in Pyramid Night, it was just the best night. But then we'd go to the Hippodrome or Jacqueline's and Ombre's, um, my nightclub, uh, the two nightclubs. And Club UK, I used to go to when I wanted to rave, mm-hmm. um, because the raves were all the big thing then. Um, so Club UK, do you remember that one? Of course. Club UK? Yeah. And um, did you know the Incognito song was written by Stevie Wonder? Um, the first song, Don't You Worry About a Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stevie Wonder. Oh, yeah. 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 So, um, so, yeah, no, um, so that's my, my clubbing. If I, whenever that, I mean, now it doesn't come on. I mean, unless you're in, I don't know, Benidorm or in some pub or something, you yeah. don't have it on. Um, but when, whenever I hear it, it just takes me back to heaven, the hippodrome. It takes me back to all that. I remember saying to the DJs in the Hippodrome, oh, play this song, play this song. So it would be like, everybody would be waiting for it. And then you just get straight on that dance floor and go mental. I'm going to take you home. And I'm interested as to what home I'm going to take you back to. But Mm. tell me a favourite song from an artist from your home county. Where are we going? Well, this is the one I had to really think about this and because I, I'm going to go towards Wales because that's where a lot of my memories that I've spoken about today come from Wales, Swansea. So I would say that would be my hometown. I mean, yeah, I can't really say Barcelona because I'm hardly ever here. But um, so I'm going to stick to I'm going to stick to Swansea. But the thing is, Stereophonics um, and maybe tomorrow. Um, I don't think, they're they're not from Swansea, I know they're not, they're from a village like between Cardiff and Swansea, so I thought what that will do, because I couldn't think of anybody, Swansea, Charlotte Church, I think was from Swansea, Mm -hmm. but no, stereophonic, so um, yeah, so I've gone with um, Maybe Tomorrow, which I absolutely love, I mean, I love stereophonics anyway, so so that was my choice for that one, I couldn't, um, I just couldn't, I was looking and I was thinking, okay, so who do I like that's from there? And I'm, 
from Swansea, I know people are going to like tell me off and they're going to say, but don't you remember this, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, that's my last answer. <laughs> uh, I honestly, like Stereophonics, I think those those first few records and, and, and that track included it within that, untouchable. Like, I, I, I got to see them in the summer um, uh, supporting uh I went to see Pearl Jam at Hyde Park and the Stereophonics were supporting. And and you forget, yeah. like, how many great singles they've put out. Like, literally, just... They were only the support They're incredible. Band, and it was just like, oh, I forgot about that one. Oh, God, I forgot about that one. And it was just... And, and yeah. Kelly's voice was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Like, great band. They're, they're amazing. They've got some brilliant albums out. So, um, they've, they've done really well anyway. I mean, Stereophonics... The whole, most people in the UK know who Stereophonics are. Oh, huge! I mean, they're huge. Throughout, so throughout the nineties, like the mid nineties and and sort of early two thousands, I'd, I'd say they were one of the biggest bands in the country. They were huge. Yeah, like, definitely. And, uh, yeah, incredible. Because it was that it was Stereophonics, it was the Oasis, it was all those bands, wasn't it? They were all roughly um, the similarities between all of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In the genre, absolutely. the the genre of music, it's yeah. it's um, but definitely um, stereophonics. I do like. I still actually listen to stereophonics. Yeah. So I I'll have my sort of playlist, which I um depends what I want to do or what where I want to go because I I'm a daydreamer, so I daydream quite a bit. So for example, if I'm going to go for a walk to the beach, and it depends what I want to think about. I put music towards that. Just, do you know what I mean or not? Like, I'll. 100%. Like, if I'm in a Lisa Stansfield mood, then I just go on a Lisa Stansfield playlist and I just play everything on that list. And I'd be just like, and I'll know every song because yeah. when it comes to Lisa, I know every song. It's like, oh my God. Um, so, yeah, so I, yeah, it depends on what, but Stereophonics is one of those that I love as well. And the, the one that I'm going to name afterwards, I adore as well, but I don't think people know them that well. But um, so I'm, I'm sure ask, you do. I'm going to ask you this, Talisa. So when you're you're walking down the beach in Barcelona and you've got your headphones on and you're listening to yeah. either Lisa Stansfield or... or Being or... around the world and I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, in, go on. In your mind, are you in a music video? Well, funny you should say that because, you know, I... I tell the truth, I'll say it how it is. You know what, when I put music on, I, I do take myself to a different place. And I know I'm only imagining it, and I know I'm only... But I walk, and I, I make myself really happy, and I'm like... Duh, nah, 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 nah. And I'm like, yeah, this is it. Yeah, I don't know, but it's like, yeah, I feel like I'm in a video or something. Absolutely. <laughs> I do it all the time. It's, it's wonderful. It's the beauty of music. It's amazing. Yeah, and do you know that whole thing about getting ready to music? I mean, I, I don't know if it's just me, but like I would be getting ready. I don't know about men do it, but I'd be getting ready, and I'd be, that music would just make you feel a hundred times better yeah. than without the music. So when you put, you know, being around the world, whatever song you had on, and you've just finished your makeup and your hair, and you're ready to step it out into the hippodrome, it's a casino now, so maybe not, but in those days, I, I just felt the bomb. Yeah. Like, I might have looked shit, but I felt the bomb, but the music had a lot to do with it. Yeah. And then you'd go and they were playing that song, you know, so it was just like carrying on. So it was just, I don't know, music is a big part of my life. I love music. Um, but I like all sorts of music. Um, 
you know, like now we're getting a lot of the Latino vibe in our music. Well, Incognito, that was the first time I'd ever heard English music, like, you know, with sort of the Latino, yeah. you know, because it's got a Latino vibe there to it. There was a bit of that around 89, 90. Lots of Latino piano yeah. in lots of house music. A little bit of, yeah, the Santana type. Santana did a lot, didn't he, for that. But um, it is now, no way. I mean, now it's like everywhere. It's, you know, if you have to with a Latino singer, you know, then you, you really, you need to get your act together now because that is what's happening at the yeah. moment. The Latino vibe is so big now, isn't it, though? It's just, um, there's so many amazing Latino singers that have come forward now and, you know, doing amazing stuff. So, um, yeah, you've got people like, I mean, Jennifer Lopez is completely, she's the queen of that, isn't she? And Maluma, I don't know if you like, do you know Maluma, the Colombian singer? He's just, he's amazing. So um, all the songs, him and Jennifer Lopez did a song, and it's just, it was a double song. So it was a double video. So I literally sat there with popcorn. I was just like, oh my God, this is the best <laughs> thing that's ever happened to me. So there were two four-minute songs, but it was back-to-back. And I remember when they were going to show it because, you know, they did a massive thing. It was Jennifer Lopez and Maluma. This is only like last year, I think it was. And I, it was like, okay, it's going to be like, you know, it was like popcorn. And it was just like, it was like being in a movie, but it was yeah. eight minutes. And so there's her version and there's his version. And it was just like, oh my God, I loved it. I think I cried. <laughs> I think I cried. I think I peed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right. Well, for your last song, uh, you get to be a tastemaker here. And, uh, and I'm going to ask um, you, please, Lisa, to tell me a song that you think many people may not know that you'd like them to go and listen to. Well, I mean, I think they won't know. Did you know it? Remind me of it. Emergency 72, Turing Breaks. Oh, of course. Did you, but how, do you know what? I tell people about Turing Breaks and they're like, what? I'm like, Turing Breaks, have you ever heard of Turing Breaks? And they're like, no. So I, I, I play some songs and they're like, oh my God, that's so cool. Oh, that, that sounds a bit like this and that sounds a bit, and I'm like, have you never heard them? I don't know that many people. It was a boyfriend, a South African boyfriend that I had, and he was a snowboarder. So a lot of the snowboarders were into this type of music. I don't know. He introduced me to Turing Break, like into his music. And I was like, this is the best thing I've ever heard. Like it was so, his lyrics, just incredible, uh, their lyrics. And um, yeah, so, but they, they're not that big, are they? I don't know. But they had a moment. Is that, this would have been around the millennium. That, that Turing Breaks really kind of had their sort of peak. And they, they sort of come out around the same time as Coldplay uh, and, and bands like Embrace and Travis that were all very kind of acoustic-driven. Uh, and yeah. then I think, obviously, Coldplay just become the biggest band in the world. And and, and Turing yeah. Breaks kind of just had their moment and sort of disappeared a little bit. And, and only, I think it was last year, Turing Breaks got back together and, I don't know, as I say get back together, I don't think they ever split up, but they toured last year, Turing Breaks. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they, I, I think that, you know, they were, they were a big band for a, a few years and, and, and got a lot of attention, certainly from the British sort of music press. But uh, I, I would definitely say for, for your casual music listener, they've probably not heard of Turing Breaks. I think that's a fair, yeah, fair I would- point. I think I think there's a lot of generations now. If you say to them breaks, they haven't got a clue what you're talking about. And I think um, 
I think we need to educate them in that. <laughs> no, I think they, I, I love Children Breaks. I honestly, I am, I'm Counting Crows as well. I'm just obsessed with those bands. Yeah. Just the lyrics, yeah. it's the lyrics. It's like, oh my God, it just goes through you. You can really feel what they're saying, their pain. And it's like, oh my God, what's this man gone through? Yeah. You know, but it's like, she even get to write these lyrics. Um, so I just, I don't know, for me, it's the lyrics that yeah. I get really into. And um, I was trying to think what state of mind they must have got in themselves. Because, you know, singers, you hear singers saying, oh, well, you know, like Adele is ideal for that, isn't she? What All of her experiences, she puts them into her lyrics. So when I hear things like Chewing Bread, groups like Chewing Breaks for Counting Crows, and, and I just think, well, what have they gone through? It's not well, here. I mean, they must have been tortured. That first Counting Crows record, like, with, I, I don't know if that's the album you're talking about, August and everything after the album with, like, Mr. Jones yeah. and uh, Rain oh and, God, yeah. and stuff like that. And Sullivan yeah. Street on that record is unbelievable. And I remember just thinking, God, that guy must have had his heart broken like, to, to have been able yeah. to write Rick to such... Like, uh, that's what I thought. And then mm. it turns out he didn't date just Jennifer Aniston. He dated Jennifer Aniston and then he dated Courtney Cox. So I don't yeah. think he was having his heart broken that often. It sounds like he was having the I best time. <laughs> the middle of the nineties, you're dating the probably the two most beautiful women on the planet. God. Oh my god! <laughs> it's, it's really, it's, oh my god! Yeah, and Coldplay was new dating Jennifer Lawrence as well. So was, they've all sort of dated these stunning-looking women. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that because I've always thought the lyrics most of his little well, not all of them but a lot of them I just think oh my god you must have gone through hell yeah like to be able to write like that yeah. but like maybe he did maybe he, he they both jumped him yeah oh in, in my head he's just literally in in a one you know a little bed sit just sitting on his bed like crying crying <laughs> into his like his beans on toast that no one loves him in reality he's out with like whatever females on on friends that 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 week he's uh he's dating so yeah the actual reality of it's far less kind of heart-wrenchingly beautiful and uh, idyllic that you just presume yeah. they're these tortured geniuses alone you know but uh now they're having the time mm. of their life with a cast of friends <laughs> oh my god so yeah and before um um i've got to give them a mention because they are my favorite favorite people on this earth and i can't believe that i think they've only done one album i'm sure they have which was oh and do you know who this has just come to mind as well because we're, we'll know it. We're, we're friends <laughs> coffee brown do you remember coffee brown no do not remember coffee brown i think they've only got one album as well it was dry as a bone and coffee brown look coffee brown up oh okay and it spells with a k Spells with a K. You'll know, you, you'll listen to it and you'll be like, oh my God, yeah, I danced to this song. Yeah. Coffee Brown with a K. Okay. K-O-F-F-E, I think. Coffee Brown. And um, they had some, I mean, amazing songs. But Dry as a Bone. Because I know then they start, Dry as a Bone became a little bit like they were doing sort of, um, they started doing songs with other artists, didn't they? Dry as a Bone. They would do sort of their music or whatever. They, um but they only have one album, as far as I know. And I think that they are the type of group that if they got back together, I would have, that. Like, I would collapse. Yeah. I would faint. And I would do anything to go and see them live because yeah. they, they just had real love. Real love for me is 
my all-time favorite and I was dying to throw it in in my list and I was like well yeah, it's not asking me my favorite it's asking me you know they're not from Swansea I was like how can I make one of them from Swansea well Talisa we, we, we've spoken about uh Dry as a Bone enough that I think it warrants that we put real love on the on the playlist because we put together hey. a playlist to accompany the podcast with all of your song choices on and we'll throw some cheering breaks and we'll throw some counting crows and we'll, we'll throw a lot of the songs that we've spoken yeah. about uh on uh, on the playlist so people that have uh, enjoyed this chat can then go over to Spotify and, and listen to all of the tracks that that you've chosen today so with that in mind Teresa we're, we're coming up to to the end of the year now and uh and we're living in a, you know we started the podcast talking about lockdown we're living in a very different world now where we're back to a sense of reality that we're, we're, we're way more comfortable with and and it's a far more connected world again what's coming up for you okay um i've got loads of things i mean my personal life is really good um i've done willow so i've got a small part in willow um which is Coming out on Disney, Disney Plus. And I'm, am I right in saying Warwick Davis is in it as well? Warwick Davis, Amazing. Joanne Wally, and Christian Slater. I mean, there's loads of, I mean, it's just everybody, anybody who's everybody, <laughs> everybody's in it. <laughs> no, um, so I play a small part in that, and that comes out on the 30th of November, Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was absolutely phenomenal because it was filmed in Cardiff um so it was like being back at home <laughs> and that's what I met I met up with my friends from Swansea they came over to Cardiff to stay um while I was filming that so we went to the pub and had a few drinks um but and then I'm going to South America to spend Christmas with my dad in Chile oh, um it's funny how I tell you South America when I was growing up as a kid and I used to say I was from Chile people would be like where's that and I'd be like in South America where's that and I'd be like okay you know America yes everybody you know the bit underneath yeah just there on the side <laughs> so anyway so yeah South America Chile I'm going on the 15th of December and I'm going to spend Crimbo with my dad and my younger brother and his new family lovely and it's going to be amazing because I'm going to go straight into their summer so I wouldn't, I've not had the heating on. So by the time I leave, I don't think I would have had the heating on. It's going to be amazing. I won't actually see a winter. So then I get back here in February. So I might see a little bit of a cold spell. Wonderful. And Teresa, if people want to keep up to speed with uh, everything that you're doing, where's the best place to follow you? Instagram, I think it's my main, um, I have all my social medias, but I just, I think Instagram is the one that I'm most active in on um so definitely follow us on instagram i followed you today um there you go (laughs) and then what we'll do then if if you're 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 comfortable with it then when this episode comes out we tag you in it so people that aren't following you that wish to come and see what you're up to can come and follow you wonderful oh fantastic yeah talisa i've had an absolutely wonderful time thank you so much for coming on oh my gosh thank you for having me (laughs) You're more than welcome. I'm going to press stop. Don't go anywhere. Okay. There you go. Talisa Garcia. What an amazing conversation. What an amazing person. Um, Great songs. What a fascinating life and just so well traveled and yeah, just a real delightful human being. And I'm really, really pleased to have got that, that conversation recorded. Go check out Baptiste and, uh, and obviously go check out Willow 
incredible. Um, yeah, that's uh, go check it all out right now and uh, go give Talisa a follow over on Instagram. She'll be tagged on this. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's it really. All I can say is if you enjoyed this, please go check out the back catalogue. Um, hundreds of episodes there. Go have a look through. You'll find all your favourite actors, comedians, DJs, producers, everything. Just go have a look. And uh, yeah, go go check that out. If you'd like to support it, like I say, um, just give us a like, love, share on the socials, nudge your mate uh, and tell him about this podcast. Or better still, if you can spare a dollar a month, support us over on the Patreon and, and get loads more extra stuff. Thanks ever so much for listening. Um, I'm back next time. In the meantime, just be nice to each other. Um, and by the time this comes out, I guess I should be getting ready to say things like, have a wonderful Christmas. Have a lovely, lovely Christmas. Um, yeah, and thanks for all of your support, you smashers. Um, love you lots. Bye-bye.